This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Cops that don't know donuts. Trump book reports. 2,500-year-old beer. Wrigleyville gouging. Rick's brush with Martha Stewart. All that plus Dave says the most insulting thing ever said to me on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. If you're keeping score at home, that's Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. Uh, actually, you kind of go by David these days, don't you? Um. Yeah. You know, I I don't really care. I don't have a preference. Do you? What do you like? Do you like Rick, Ricky, Dick? What do you like? Yeah. I'll, let's go with Rick. I, I okay. think that works best for me. But I know that you're, as a professional, you like to go with uh, David. Well, and when I answer the phone, hi, this is Dave. No, I go by Dave. Okay. I think the business cards say David. I got, uh, when I f- first did, uh, when I first became a novelist, when Severance first came out, my publisher said that I should be, go by Richard. So if you ever look for my book, Severance, it's uh, Richard Kempfer, not Rick Kempfer, because she said Rick is not a author's name. You know, Richard sounds more authentic. And how many more? Books, how many more books do you think you sold from Richard versus Rick? Zero. And and yeah. I and I feel like a fraud as Richard. I feel like a, a Richard fraud because I have never gone by that. Uh, don't the still the old people in the German club still refer to you as Ricky? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be Ricky until I'm in my eighties. Well, you're only well. You always be dick to me. Oh, thanks. That's <laughs> so swell of you. Hey, uh, Dave. Uh, you know. I think it's time that we explain uh, of something about how to get this podcast without having to seek it out every week. Because I've gotten a bunch of emails at minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com asking about this. And I am uh, but, kind of technologically uh, incapable of helping. Uh, well, it's very easy, Rick. What you need to do. Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. First of all, you can go to the Radio Misfits um, website at radiomisfits.com. Um, and they have all the ways that you can subscribe via iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn. Um, uh, you can even get it via an RSS feed, although, quite frankly, I'm not even sure I know what that is. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you can subscribe to the show, and then that way it magically pops into your, um, your iPhone or your, your computer or whatever it is that you are using. Uh, every week when we, uh, when we download them or upload them, I should say on Thursday mornings generally. Um, and don't forget to send the check for 1995 per oh, month. Oh yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> to, please. To Rick Kempfer. Yeah. That's spelled K A E M P F E R. For those of you who have well, a hard time and, with the spelling and it's Richard Kempfer. No, it Rick is Kempfer. not. It is not. <laughs> um, but it's very, it's very easy, Rick. Uh, and we would love for everybody to, to subscribe it doesn't take up space as, as i understand right. it on the, right. on the it's phone like, or it's like an email i think it's like basically like a an yeah. audio email of sorts. i feel like such an old man when i talk about stuff like this but it's important you know we've got a podcast and people need to subscribe to it so that's yeah. that's what we need to do and we also need to provide minutia which uh dave i believe you have some to lead us off with i, I do rick we have not had a good florida story in a long time right i think the last one was it the guy who shot the imaginary dog while he was high or something 
<laughs> wasn't that was that? I think that was our last Florida story, wasn't it? I think also wasn't the Halloween story uh, uh, a go to hell uh, cards handing handed right. out? Wasn't that also a Florida story? Yeah. Okay, so maybe we do do a, uh, a Florida story every week. Well, here's another. We one. should just call this first segment Florida. <laughs> Yeah, let's get let's get video to do a uh, to do a uh, bumper for it. Yeah. Well, a uh, man by the name of Daniel Rushing uh, in Orlando, Florida, was just driving, minding his own business when he got pulled over for the cop from the cops uh, because he didn't make a complete stop at a stop sign. Now, Rick, yeah. the Davester hasn't made a complete stop at a stop sign since like 1986. Yeah, I think that's true. Ever since uh, the Monte Carlo went down. Right. Uh, in fact, I've gone to traffic school four or five times. I've got a PhD in traffic school <laughs> uh, because of not making uh, complete stops. Anyway, so Daniel Rushing doesn't make a complete stop. The cops pull him over, and they search his car, and they find a substance in the backseat of his car that they think is crystal meth. Okay. In reality, it was actually just frosting from a Krispy Kreme donut. Wow. And he said, Daniel Russia goes, dudes, this is not crystal meth. This is, these are donuts, right? This, this, this is uh, frosting from a donut. Now, wait well, a minute. The, do you think, do you think the cops took that as an insult? It could be, it could, you know what? I didn't think of that, but it's, it's very possible. Yeah. Oh, oh, donuts. Real funny. You know, yeah, right. up against the wall, my friend. Right. Uh, so, and, and, and this is just baffling to me because, like you had just intimated, if there's anybody on earth that is going to know what the the, the, the glaze of a donut smells like, tastes like, texture, it's a cop, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, if if it's not true, if 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 crystal meth somehow smells like sugar, which I don't think it does, um, unless unless that is true, we clearly have proof that these cops were just out to get this guy don't we yeah that's you're exactly yeah the, the, it's uh what what is it called internal affairs we got to get internal affairs uh right. involved in this you know i have a vision of these cops or all cops and maybe this is wrong which evidently it might be blue lives you, matter dave <laughs> that's true uh that you blindfold a cop uh-huh. and you could get a little piece of a you know like specimens of donuts you could put, you know, put it in front of him, and he would be able to tell you, okay, that is a strawberry Bismarck from Duffy's Donuts on 47th Street. <laughs> the last name is Stern, S-T-E-R-N, for <laughs> you police officers in Chicago who would like to take advantage of Mr. Stern's incapacity to love his police officer friends. Uh-huh. And another thing about this, I don't know, you haven't seen the story. Uh, Daniel Rushing protested and he said, look, I know exactly what it's from because I go to a Krispy Kreme every other Wednesday. Uh, and if you look at his picture, Rick, <laughs> he goes to Krispy Kreme, Krispy Kreme a lot more than just every other Wednesday. It's like the uh, it's like people coming home from Vegas saying, yeah, we broke even. <laughs> yeah, right. No one has ever broken even in Vegas. Uh, and he also said and, and Daniel Rushing in a uh, it mentioned well, you know, it's partly my fault because my uh, my minivan is such, a, or my car is such a is, is such a mess. So I could kind of see why the police would think, you know, that I don't know why you would think that crystal meth is in the backseat of your car just because your car is a mess. Uh, but it kind of 
makes me look in the mirror a little bit, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I have been in your minivan, and it is a science experiment of some kind. Yeah, it is very disgusting. And this actually reminds me of a story that my wife is going to end up killing me because I'm saying I'm going to tell this story. Um, and I know she's going to hear it because she subscribes to the podcast. Oh, very good. Yeah, iTunes. And um, this has got to be about 15 years ago or so. Uh, we, uh, we had, we had, our burglar alarm would go off all the time, uh, when we were at work. I mean, I don't, probably something was wrong with the burglar. Anyway, so we went, we got home and the police were here. Um, and they, and we said, you know, it's probably nothing, you know, don't worry about it. But you know what, we're going to, we're going to go through your house and we're going to just make sure like, okay. So they go into the house and they come down and they say, um, we think everything is okay, uh, but it looks like your bedroom has been ransacked. <laughs> and we're like, no, that's pretty much business as usual, Officer McGillicuddy. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, uh, that is, a, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it is embarrassing. So I have a soft spot for Daniel rushing right now and the way he keeps his car. I still think the cops intentionally arrested him because he, they thought that was a donut crack yeah. i still think it that's that's my theory and i'm gonna go with it uh, but of course it's really just worthless information because uh, as the announcer likes to say give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value this is minutia men with rick and dave i've got something that also uh is absolutely of no, uh, no value at all and this uh, involves our election we've only got what like 10 days left dave i think it's thir- uh 13 days it's uh 13 days uh we're gonna miss uh, donald trump <laughs> um he uh this is something that's called trump book reports uh this guy named antonio french tweeted this he tweeted and this was during the third debate he tweeted Trump's foreign policy answers sound like a book report from a teenager who hasn't read a book. Oh, the grapes. They had so much wrath, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is absolutely hilarious because that is that is what I always think when I watch him. You know, I'm not going to make a political statement, but you just when you listen to the guy, when he starts talking about uh, issues, it sounds like he has no idea what he's talking about. It reminds me of Sarah Palin. And they used to do book reports like this for Sarah Palin, too. Um, But. What he did, what Antonio French did, is unleash the internet. And people started sending in Trump book reports to him. And these are hilarious. Can I share a few with you? Yeah, 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 please. Juliet, such a nasty woman. She made Romeo kill himself. And believe me, he could have done better. Look at her. (laughs) (laughs) That was from Catherine Q. Uh, Melanated Soul. Uncle Tom's cabin, worst cabin in the inner city, terrible schools, nasty women, bad hombres everywhere. <laughs> Carl H. There's a lord. He's got some rings, lots of rings, the best rings, and two of the best towers anyone has ever seen. You know what? You're doing a pretty good Donald Trump impersonation, <laughs> too. You. Lauren Holmes. Lady Macbeth, nasty woman, blood coming out of her whatever. <laughs> Summer Brennan. Nowhere does it say anything actually happened between Lolita and Humbert. It it was just boy talk. Now that one might be a little bit too uh That's over my head. Literary that, for you, yeah. Is that Shakespeare? I uh, know. It's uh Lolita. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to. I'll try to dumb yeah, it down. Dumb a it down. Bit. A bit. <laughs> Kelly uh, says this: those poor heights. They were wuthering, wuthering so bad. Bigly wuthering. I'll make them great again. Uh, historical Trump uh, sent this one. It took low energy Harry Potter seven books to defeat defeat Voldemort. Sad. I would have beat him in the first book. Uh, here's just a couple more here. Um, Jonathan Spates says, let's just say I'm a better salesman. It's sad that he died, but I am a better salesman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. That's great. Uh, uh, here, this one's from Ben. It was the best of times. Absolutely phenomenal. It was the worst of times. Total disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and white rabbit object. Pinocchio, he's no puppet. No puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Trump book report. Uh, I thought I saw something also. Uh, I did see sort of this. I didn't really look into it. But didn't he? Wasn't there one like Anne Frank? Sad. She got caught. Don't like them when they get caught or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there were a lot. I try not to do the uh, the Anne Frank oh. jokes. I mean, that's yeah. kind of more in your area there. <laughs> okay, well, I just did. You teed it up, and I did it. You know what What? I, what really uh, appeals to me about that whole uh, book report thing is when I was a teenager, I, this is going to surprise you, but I kind of blew off things, yeah. uh, you know, in high school. Yeah. And, and I remember one time we had to do a group project. This guy who's my soccer teammate and I, we were, I was, we were both seniors and I was, I was already checked out emotionally. You know what I mean? (laughs) As a, as a high school student. And it was one of those things where it's a group project and he could just call any name at any time. And and so we got cocky. We're like, yeah, they're not going to be the first one that he calls. And I hadn't even read the book. I mean, I had not read the book at all. I had read the the back cover. It was, uh, I don't even remember what the book was called. I still haven't read it. Uh, (laughs) It was, I don't know, like one of those nihilistic uh, novels. So what is this like March or April of your senior year? Yes, exactly. Yeah, come exactly. on. Right. And, and I, I had, hadn't read it. And of course the first group, he goes, all right, let's hear from Rick and Kevin. Like, yeah. Oh my God. We, I mean, we walk up there and I could see the panic in Kevin's eyes <laughs> and I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> You're a reporter and i'm the lead character and i look at the back of the book whatever the lead character's name was and i will answer questions you just ask me questions and i'll just talk okay so we got up there and i improv for about 25 minutes (laughs) you yes well you did a 25 minute set nice work i yes and for about 25 minutes based on the back cover would you get you guys probably got a i got a c (laughs) that's a win yeah that's a total win yeah Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're right. It does look like Donald Trump is basically taking these debates pass fail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I'm going to vote today, just in case I drop dead. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't even know how to early vote. You got to go what on a. Well, I think or- Village Hall has it here at, out in in Mount Prospect, but uh, you never know. I've been to enough funerals lately of fifty somethings. <laughs> yeah, better get the vote in just in case. Right, and I'm going to vote several times so are you might as well yeah chicago oh chicago of course 
All right, announcer man, you got anything else for us? You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Okay, he keeps saying nothing of value, but we have something of value and Dave is going to prove it right now. Um, well, not exactly. but uh, <laughs> Too much pressure for you, sorry. This is the headline. Uh, this is off of NPR. So I didn't really like the crap. The, the crack that you just had a couple of minutes ago about how I'm not literary. Hey, I'm on the NPR website. Oh, really? <laughs> so that makes so, you literary. <laughs> exactly. 2,500 years ago, this brew was buried, buried with the dead. A brewery has revived it. Basically, and this is awesome, and this is two things that are going to be dear to your heart, Germany and beer. Okay. Two of so your it was in Germany? Um, yes. Uh, while sifting through the remains of an Iron Age burial plot, burial plot, dating from 400 to 450 BC in what is today Germany, Bettina Arnold, an archaeologist as well as an anthropologist at the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee. I mean, come on. You couldn't tee this story up any better than this, right? <laughs> I like the uh, archaeologist from Milwaukee goes to Germany. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and they've, they uncovered a cauldron that contained the remnants of an alcohol that was brewed and buried with the deceased. And this is, what, 2,500 years ago. So what they did, which is just freaking brilliant, is that they were able to extract and figure out what the ingredients were in this 2,500-year-old beer – and they recreated it. They teamed up with the Lakefront Brewery, which actually I've never heard of the Lakefront Brewery. I'm a water brewer. I'm a Water Street Brewery guy, but I think we have to go and check out the Lakefront Brewery. We have to now. Right. It's uh, for show prep. And um, they recreated this ancient brew. And they said it was not hoppy, very sweet. Uh, here we go. Um, well, uh, let me backtrack. They had 14 liters of the – they were able to extract 14 liters of this – old beer um they analyzed the contents and they said that it was um meadow sweet what does meadow sweet mean i have no idea um but it well, was uh, it fully croissant <laughs> uh right it was it was from the sky blue waters yeah we call uh, this really old style <laughs> oh nice thank you nice work there um so now they're not offering this to the public but I just really love the idea of the consistency of the of the German people over the last twenty five hundred years. Yeah, and <laughs> al- and also how much time and money was wasted recreated. Wasted. wasted. Well, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so- I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, it did get me thinking of so the, whoever died was buried with beer, right? Yeah obviously. Um, so I kind of researched a little bit about other things, other weird things that people are buried with. You want to hear a couple of them? Uh, sure. Pennsylvania man, David Klein Jr. Loved few things in the world as much as fast food. He ate at Burger King multiple times a week, just like Daniel Rushing ate <laughs> I was at just going to say. <laughs> Krispy Only every other Wednesday. <laughs> right. Right. So when the 88-year-old uh, World War II veteran died, the family arranged for this. Is, they arranged for the funeral pr- procession to pass through the drive-through at Burger King. This is uh, a really sad story. Well, it's really sad if you're behind the procession. Wow, that's a good point. In yeah. The drive-through. 
So they had the whole procession. I just want a sausage croissant. (laughs) Come on. Right. Uh, Have you ever honked at a funeral? No. I have. I'm not a honker. I, I don't I don't ever honk. I find um, it I find it rude. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm not, I'm more of a flip offer than a honker. Okay. But uh, I remember just actually a couple of weeks ago I I didn't know what was happening up, you know, with traffic and I started honking and it was a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> kind of bad. Yeah. Anyway, so they so they go through this procession and they get him a Whopper Junior, which was what his favorite meal was. And they, you know, and uh, and they wrapped it up and they put it in the casket. So David Klein Jr. has a whopper right on in his casket anytime he so chooses to to eat it. Yeah, uh, that's good. Uh, New York attorney John Jacobs, when he died, his wife, uh, Marion, couldn't bear the thought of not being able to contact him. So she buried his Motorola's T720 cell phone in his hand. And she's still paying $55 a month for her, his Verizon bill just to have the thought that she can call him at any time. Now, has she I called was, him? Uh, I don't know. And the battery, she didn't, I don't think she thought this out very well because the battery <laughs> probably has gone out. Uh, yeah, but, no, uh, that was the problem. Uh, uh, everything other than the battery was a good idea. Uh, um, Arch West, have you ever heard of Arch West? I have not. Uh, well, he. Uh, worked for Frito-Lay, and he's the guy who was instrumental with the development of Doritos. Okay. So when he died, uh, they sprinkled nacho cheese Doritos uh, on his open grave, and they buried him with 47 bags. I don't know what the significance of 47 bags of Doritos in his casket. Uh, there's uh, there's no reports of how much how much pot. <laughs> yeah, have. right. Exactly. Or, uh, or if it's the same uh, stuff that Donald Trump puts on his face, the uh, right. Uh, well, we're for not being political. We're kind of political today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a uh, celebrity uh, report. It's not uh, it's not the political part. Reuben John Smith died in 1899, and he was buried with his comfortable chair. Okay, they, I can see that. They, I can they see buried that. him sitting up in his in his recliner. And here's a little bit of celebrity. You know what Frank Sinatra was buried with? His toupees? <laughs> Probably. Uh, a flask full of Jack Daniels, a pack of Camel cigarettes, and a roll of dimes. Do you know what the significance of the roll of dimes is? I do not. Well, I guess his son, Frank Jr., was kidnapped once. Did you know this? Yes, I did know that. And the uh, the gangsters... Uh, only uh, had Frank call on pay phones. That was when there were still pay phones. So, and they, he had to have dimes. So Frank was freaked out about that so much that he always carried a roll of dimes with him in case Frank Jr. was ever going to get. Wow. And That's so kind of creepy. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. 2,500 year old beer. Well, you know, I uh, uh, have been to the oldest, still functioning brewery in the world and that's also guess where uh germany germany it's in it's just outside of munich and they have been making beer there with the same recipe since 1042 i got a i got a mug from there but uh it's delicious so you know beer has been good for many many years i know people besmirch beer but it has been good for thousands of years 
you know, I'm not, I'm not a German beer fan. I know that that is, I like all sorts of other beer. I just, German beer is a little too, I don't know. Is it fruity? What not? I don't know. What? The, I don't. Fruity? <laughs> I, I'm just not a German beer guy. I mean, I, I, I'm more, I'm more Englishy beer, like Guinness, you know, I'm more, is that Ailey? I don't even know what is, uh, I'm just not a, I, I don't know. I'm just not a German beer guy. Sorry. Well, we had a good run as a uh, as a duo, <laughs> and then uh, and then he called German beer fruity. So so, honey, how was the podcast? Oh yeah. boy, we are not talking about the podcast. I mean, seriously, that's like that. That's just wrong to say that. Well, I don't like vice beer. Okay, okay, Is vice that- beer. There's kind of a lemony kind of feel there. Yeah. I still wouldn't use the word fruity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. If there's a people that are not fruity, it's the Germans. Exactly. Other than uh-huh. Dieter from Sprockets. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, that's, thank you very much for your beer report and noted forever is the uh, insult that you just hurled my direction. It is now time for our Cubs segment. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. So, Dave, I've been kind of making the media rounds since we last spoke. I was on Channel 26 uh, doing mm-hmm. some uh, trivia. I guessed uh, that Orville Overall was the last Cubs pitcher to uh, win a clincher in the World Series. Um, and they were, they were impressed. Everybody at, um, was it Windy City Live? Was that, or wait, no, uh, it was, you and me. Yeah. They were all very, very impressed with you for being able to get well, I, you know, I, I I don't know a lot about a lot, but I do know a lot about the Cubs. Yep. And you can you can just check that out at justonebadcentury.com. And I was also on WGN Radio with uh, Brian Noonan the other night. Um, and the, the website has been getting quite a few hits. And the one thing that I want to point uh, people to on the website is the count-up clock. As far as I know... This is the only count-up clock in the entire world about the Cubs World Series. And I just checked it right before we started recording this, Dave. It's been 39,459 days, 10 hours, 2 minutes, and 26 seconds since the Cubs last won the World Series. Wow. That's a a lot of old styles. It is. But I got to tell you, here's the thing that, that really has set me off this week. There's this, I just saw this this morning, and it's really, really making me mad. Now, you know, I can't go to any World Series games. I can't afford it because, right. Right. you know, it's well, thousands of dollars. When you subscribe to our podcast for nineteen ninety five a month. Oh, maybe next time they get in there, I'll have enough money to go buy some tickets. But listen, this is the part that really makes me mad because Bridget and I were thinking about just going in the neighborhood and, you know, going to a bar and watching it so we can be part of the celebration if they win. But listen to this. Bars near Wrigley Field are charging as much as $250 per person just to get inside to watch the Cubs on TV. Who is going to pay? At several bars, this this steep charge gets you drinks and a buffet, but no guarantee of a seat. To guarantee a four-seat table, that'll cost you 500 bucks. That. What bars are doing that? I mean, uh, really? Yes. The Old Crow Smokehouse, which is where I did the uh, live segment with you and me uh, on TV. Deuces the, and the Diamond Club and John Barleycorn all have 
$500 charges if you want to watch the Cubs game there this weekend. Casey Moran's and Moe's Cantina have similar watch parties for home games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's te- I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, that, I, I, I find it hard. Well, I don't know. I mean, God bless them if they can get it. But uh, it makes me uh, embarrassed to be a Cubs fan. It really does. Because they're totally taking advantage of us. I know that we have had some rough years. <laughs> That's a fair thing to say. Yeah. Um, but come on, 250 bucks just to go in a bar and watch it? The um, last time I was at John Barleycorn, here's a little minutia. Uh, they were filming a movie with Bill Murray. This is all very Cub-esque. You remember the movie um, Mad Dog and Glory? Yeah, with Robert De Niro. Yeah, they were filming right out, right on that block, right by John Barleycorn, um, and I w- just walked up there. No one said a word to me. I watched them film, um, and Bill Murray was there. I said hello. Man has bad skin. Have you ever seen Bill Murray? Close. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Uh, wonderful guy though. He was very friendly. Everybody, uh, everybody. Um, he was very nice to everybody. But that was that's my little. Uh, John Barleycorn. Well, it's shift. also a little celebrity story, which will lead mm. us to our next segment. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Dave is now going to reach his hand into the bowl of celebrity names that I have prepared for him. Uh, all these celebrities are people that I've met over my radio career and I have stories that I can tell. Dave likes to hear the stories. What? Who am I talking about? Martha this Stewart. Martha Stewart. Okay, I have a couple of stories about Martha Stewart. I booked her on uh, Stephen Gary show many, many, many years ago when she was just becoming famous. And uh, one of those two, Steve or Gary, was not married. Uh, I'll let you figure out which one it was. And he really wanted... Martha Stewart on the show because he wanted to date her. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work out. I mean, we did get her on the show, but uh, he never did date her. So that was a sad, many, sad ending to that story. How many, year, how many years ago was this? 25? Uh, uh, yeah. 28 years ago, something like that. 25 years ago, something in that ballpark. Um, also, was, what? I think, think she was a probably a pretty... A, attractive woman right i mean well yes but it was her cleanliness that uh that attracted (laughs) this this person oh really (laughs) oh yeah okay that's weird (laughs) Uh, this person used to vacuum the studio at the end of the show every day the beginning of the show and the end of the show vacuumed the studio are you kidding i'm not kidding i'm not kidding did he did he bring and it's got to be a heat because it's either one or the other right yeah uh did he bring his own vacuum or did that was was he using a station provided vacuum you know i don't know that's a good question i i think the the vacuum cleaner was just there um you know the engineers would vacuum the the studios every week too um and then this was in the days when you can smoke and in you know whatever in the studio um so it was kind of gross in there but yeah he uh he vacuumed every day before and after pro- the show. Did he have problems using other people's headphones and microphones and stuff? I mean, uh, he was a bit of a germaphobe. Uh, yeah, but you know, he, you know, a legendary hey. broadcaster. No, God love him. Yeah. 
Uh, but my my real Martha Stewart story is uh, during my Landecker days when we found out that Martha Stewart was coming to town, and John was appearing on uh, a short-lived TV talk show hosted by Steve Baskerville from Channel Two. You remember him? Oh yeah, um, he's still on the air. I think. I think so. Baskerville's still on. Um. Anyway, he, they gave him like a lifestyle-oriented show, and we found out that Martha Stewart was going to be on the show. And John and I wrote a parody song um, to, the, to the tune of Pretty Woman. And he went, John burst in on the show and sang this song right to Martha Stewart's face. I mean, Baskerville had been tipped off that it was going to happen and everything. But it was awesome because... You know, all of the by this time, Martha Stewart was famous Huge, and was really right. well known for being frosty. Let's say frosty, not really okay. known for her sense of humor. Say okay, uh, and John's John lyrics in the song, and I helped him write, were very suggestive. You know, like "Will you hold my zucchini?" You know, that sort oh. of stuff. Yeah. Um, but she loved it. You could hear her just cracking up and blushing, and it was, it's really, it was really one of the best segments that we ever did on the show. God, I wonder if that's on YouTube, uh, like Fuzzy Memories or something. That would be great if it was. I wonder, too. That would be something worth seeking out, absolutely. But that is, those are my two Martha Stewart stories. And by the way, the vacuumer was not Steve. If you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, my new favorite show is yeah. the, is one of the three shows hosted by Andy Lurie. Yeah. Can you guess yeah. which one? Uh, the Emus Cthulhu, is that what it's That's the that, one. That's the one. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, those numbers underneath the Emus Cthulhu sign, isn't right. that what... that? Uh, it's now going to be what zero 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 zero, possibly all zeros, right? Is that what happens if they if they win? Does that sign just start at zeros then, or what is what is the significance of each of those digits? You know what? Do you know? I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe Andy Lurie can send send us an email okay. and let us know. As uh, great talk radio isn't dead, it has just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Find out more about Rick and Dave. You can check us out at our daytime jobs, EckhartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd also like to thank our executive producer, Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And if I can ever get over Dave calling German beer fruity... <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh right the best of minutia men is all what we'll be running from now on <laughs> exactly including next week on the radio misfits podcast network the proceeding was a presentation of the radio misfits podcast network find our other great shows on itunes Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com thank you this has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano and friends. I'm Doug Sohn. I'm Paige Weiser. Doug, what was your first job? My first real job, I was an usher at the Esquire Movie Theater. Oh, on the oh. Street, Which no longer exists. Yeah. And I did it in the summer of... 
77 or 78 and this was back in the day when it was one theater so it wasn't multiples and they kept movies there for a long time so for two months I saw Grease so I actually know the movie Grease like yeah. backwards and forwards yeah. just seen it 300 times yeah. uh, I wanted to go back I'm to the Usher sure for a moment before I looked I... fabulous in red polyester oh, sport coats by the way no hat um, no I didn't do this in the 1920s <laughs> <laughs> were, were you in the cigarette box were you yes. equipped with a a fire uh, firelight what do they call that invention flashlight uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, firelight <laughs> no uh, just but one of those I was very good with the, the broom and uh, the little sweeper I'm very meticulous so the lobby when I worked yes. spotless but you were not the, the bouncer I sort of I do remember doing my little rounds and being um, a little bit frightened and stopped by someone towards at the at the back door of the of the theater and him basically telling me is like I'm going to continue selling weed um, I'll be out of here in a minute or two why don't you go to the lobby to which I dutifully did yeah 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 figured, you know, and that man was yes. Richard Speck it turns out <laughs> <laughs> wow get more Lasano and friends now on lasano.com